You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Woo, can we just give it up one more time? Come on. Does anyone here love their church? You know, I'm the pastor, but I like my church, and I love it. Man, I am so excited for today. Do we have anyone here who is um, excited to learn and take some notes with me? We have any note takers? You know, if you see a glowing phone or whatever it is, you know, don't, don't feel uh, like you got to condemn that person. They might not be. You're like, man, how ironic. We're talking about a series, be present, and you're on your phone the whole time. But maybe they're taking notes. We'll give them some grace. If they're not, the ushers will escort them out in handcuffs. You know, the look that I was going for this morning, I don't know if I did it because, you know, V1's all about the airplane coming off the runway. As I was going for unemployed pilot, <laughs> I don't know if I, like, pulled that off or not. <laughs> you're like, hashtag dad jokes. You can just give me a courtesy laugh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> that was good. We'll use that for the live stream. Can we welcome everyone who's watching live right now? Um, why don't you just turn to your Bibles with me? We're going to be in John, and uh, the book of John's in the New Testament. There's no shame in the table of contents. And we're in chapter 14, and this is the spirit of truth um, I'll just give you the title of this message because I don't have that much of a grandiose setup this Sunday. This message is entitled All In. Will you just turn to the person next to you and just say, are you all in? Maybe turn to the other person and say, yo, get all in. We're going all in in this message. Are you with me? Can we just keep it loud and exciting and rambunctious and crazy? Okay, because there's a little more distance between us because we're in this bigger auditorium. Last time I was, if we did one more service in that small one, I was going to crowd surf instead of preach. I was literally going to do that, and then it would officially be the weirdest church you've ever been to because the pastor crowd surfed. Um, but we're in the book of John chapter 14. The title of this message is All In, and I believe that God specifically got a word for you today, and I want to make sure that I deliver it. And uh, again, I do want to welcome all the guests and all the people that have just worked so hard to even put this thing on. Can we just maybe put our hands together one last time for the dream team? Man, all this happens because um, they just know that a life-changing, life-altering experience will take place if they can set the stage for Jesus. And I think that that happens. So um, before we, we actually read, we're in uh, chapter 14, verse 15, so you have a second to find it. Um, I wanted to put up a picture. I had posted this earlier in the week, and it was just hilarious. We're, we're going into this message series called Go, or uh, we just got out of Go V1. Who is here for Go V1? I waited like seven, eight months to preach that thing, and I'm still digesting it. It was just, it was like everything and more that I ever could have imagined. And I just, be present, I feel like is so necessary. And I've gotten so many confirmations of stories as, as we, I didn't even preach this thing yet. And my messages were going off the charts with people saying, you don't even know the conversations. You don't even know the things. Like this phrase, be present, even being used in people's vernacular. But I took this picture and it was like one of those classic, you're in the car and you're like, this is the words I said. I said the words, kids, smile. And this is what happened. <laughs> and, and for those of you who know my family, you know, there's, there's Bella and there's Everly and their nicknames are Pumpkin and Pirate. And you could probably guess who's Pirate. 
I trained Bella, and then Lucifer trained Everly. Julie's getting up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we don't. We didn't do this to Everly. We did not do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had some dark places in my life, but I was healed, whole, saved, and delivered by the time we had Everly. So I don't really understand well how that happened, other than. And may I don't know. It's just this thing, you know. Like, is maybe there's somebody here that that this is you? When someone's like, "Smile, it's Monday. Welcome to work," and you're like, right? I mean, basically, Everly is me beardless with a frown. Feel so bad for her. But this is oftentimes our response to things that should be good. And I'll be honest with you. You know, maybe if you've been on Facebook or whatever and you see all these crazy V1 church people posting and sharing and all this, your response was that. Like, could this really be true? Like, you know, we're, we're coming into 10, 11 months. Do they really love each other this month much or does the pastor pay them all to post like that? I don't get it, right? It's like, have you ever seen someone else's happiness and convinced yourself it can't be authentic? You know, and most of the time it's not. Can we just be real? But you know what? Sometimes it is and something special is happening here at this church. You can change it because it's creeping me out now. <laughs> like a huge 30-foot Everly just like looking at me with the look of disapproval. Like you're failing this sermon right now. And I'm just, I'm just, yeah. But, but you know, like I just think that something special is happening in our midst because no perfect people are allowed and we're allowing people the opportunity to get free every single Sunday. And, and maybe it happens in a song. I, I've been in services where it literally was that song in that moment that I can point back to and say that that's when I got free. And then sometimes it happens in closed door settings and discipleship and counseling and all that. But, um, but I want to say this first thing for your notes, if you, for those of you who are taking notes, it's this as we jump into John chapter 14. It says this, um, before we read it, the first thing in your notes is, um, wherever there is a perversion, there is also an original purpose. Wherever there is a perversion, I want this to be one of those things that for the duration of you attending this church until Jesus comes home or you die, right? This is the only way you're getting out. Um, I don't know if we told you that. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone freaked out. <laughs> um, that, that one thing that you can say, I learned, I know that I know that I learned at V1 is that wherever there was a perversion, there was an original purpose. And, and I think it's important for you to know and understand that because, because purpose is the original intention and then perversion is what happens when you get the opposite, when you twist it. And so as we go into the book of John, I think it's important to understand that relationship had an original intention. And the original intention of relationship was to bring you closer, to make you feel less alone, to make you feel like you don't have to do it all by yourself, to make you feel like this, this supply of energy, this supply of strength exists outside of you, represented in all the bodies of people in your family and your friends in your church. And it's just the burden becomes a little bit lighter because you're not I'm not doing it alone and, and that when you go through the funk when you go through the tragedy in life or even when you make a mistake the design of relationship is to make you feel like it can actually just be a lesson and what happens is that when relationship is perverted and distorted it becomes the very thing that destroys you instead of lightening the burden 
And how do I know I, I know this? Because there's some of you guys who have been on a long road where you haven't even been to show up back at a church because of something that happened to you or happened to a family member. You haven't been able to serve at the local church. Maybe it's not church. Maybe it's a relationship thing. And you know your your spouse hurts you so bad that because of the perversion of the intention of that relationship, it wasn't for better or for worse. It was conditional love. And now you're living trapped in this prison. And I think what you started to see at V1 very early on is all these wounded people singing this song. And it's so poetic because it's people who are still bleeding from the wounds of the past. And they're saying, I hear the chains falling. And they're singing, I hear an army rising up. Yeah, a wounded army. Yeah, an army that's been through some stuff. But an army who's saying, I'm not staying in it. I'm not laying in it. I'm getting up to do what God's called me to do. Is there anyone here who says, I can be, I'm going to be counted among that army? Come on. And, and I think that's what's amazing. And every single Sunday, what you see is people crossing over from death to life. Let me just read this. Um, in the book of John, chapter 14, it says, if you love me, this is Jesus talking, if you love me, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. You see that capital F? That, that means a uh, proper noun, okay? Another friend so that you will always have someone with you. Say always. I'm, I'm sending you a friend. What, what's a friend? Somebody who's going to stick with you through all. You know, a friend will give you some, not necessarily a pass. They'll hold you accountable. But they're there to love you through it. And they're there to remind you who you really are. This is the Holy Spirit he's talking about. Your friend. So that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the Spirit of truth. You know, there's a battle being waged right now over the definition of truth. But if you look in your Bible, and I'm reading the message version, it's a capital T, which means the truth that overrides all the smaller, lowercase truths. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. Doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. You know, maybe you're here and you're checking in on Facebook every week. You're telling your friends about the church. And let's just be honest, maybe they're not celebrating it with you. Maybe they don't have eyes to see the truth with a capital T that's been revealed to you. I mean, every single week we have people sitting in these seats and it's during messages just like this that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus becomes real to them for the very first time. And it's not by the cunningness of my words. It's not because I thoroughly presented science or philosophy or reason with their intellect. It's because the person of God, which is here right now through the Holy Spirit, begins to break through this atmosphere and flood their heart and captivate them in a way that nobody else could ever talk them out of it or tell them it's not real. And if you're here right now, do you know that that is still happening today in 2017? Is there anyone here who's a witness to God made himself real to me? Can we just celebrate the fact that God made himself real to you? And maybe the science and the philosophy and the reason happens down the line. And we honor that part because you're more than just a spirit. You're more than just a body. You have an intellect and you have a mind. But it's God being present. It's as he is present and with you that you say, I think I had this fantasy that you had this white flowing beard and you were distant, but 
The Bible tells me actually before I was knit in my mother's womb, you knew me. Before they give me a name in English or whatever language you were given a name, there was already name that you were given. There was a destiny. There was, there was just this, this identity that he knew before you were even a physical dirt body. It begins to blow your mind. Can someone say be present? Let's just turn to John chapter 1 now. Can I keep reading scripture to you? Oh, man, I love that we have a church that loves scripture. John chapter 1 says the word was first. The word present to God. God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, the darkness of Long Island, the darkness of divorce, the darkness of murder, the darkness of addiction, the darkness of pain, the darkness of tragedy, the darkness of whatever darkness you've been through. The light broke forth, and the darkness could not stop it. Today, that light is breaking forth right now in this room. You felt it during worship. You feel him pulling on your heart right now. It's God being present. And you know, there's a warfare over your attention. There's a warfare over your mind. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go Jesse Ventura conspiracy theories with you right now. So I don't want you to freak out. But did you know that scientific studies have, have back-engineered the phenomenon that when you open your phone, Jules, you got your phone on you? Oh, man, I don't need a phone with activity going. You can give me a dead phone. Her phone's always dead. This is, she thinks a droid's going to solve the problem, but she has to plug it into a wall. You know what I'm saying? Just, it doesn't wirelessly charge. <laughs> okay, so how many of you guys, I don't know if you're Facebook users, but when you go on Facebook and you pull down with your thumb, you, do you know what happens? You pull down with your thumb like this. Even just doing this, someone's like, I got to look at it, <laughs> Right? But you pull down with your thumb and then a little spinny wheel happens and then like a jackpot hits and all of a sudden you get new material. You know what I'm talking about? Or you go into Instagram and you're like, I've already looked at the 1,263 pictures. I need more. And then you go in your time because it's really what happens. Everyone's like, I don't, everyone in New York has lied to me and said they don't wake up early until I pay attention to what time they're looking and active and posting at stuff and realize what they mean when they say they don't wake up early is they don't get out of the bed for four hours. You wake up at 3 a.m. and then you stay in your bed till 9 a.m. feasting. And then you pull down Instagram and a little spinny wheel happens and goes bing, bing. And you're just like, yes, my precious. <laughs> I have to. It's like endorsed. This church is endorsed by Lord of the Rings at this point. Um, now, did you know that? The science behind these apps is actually the exact same algorithms to hack your brain that the casinos use when you pull the lever at a slot machine. Did you know that? So when you pull down with your thumb and a spinny wheel spins and then it puts you up enough information, there are algorithms that are determining what is enough content to keep them in this app, but not too much so that they feel satiated. Is that not messed up? And that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's called economics. That's called they advertise to you. That's called they make more money with you in the app than they do outside of it. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right, but that's a warfare for your attention. And if you haven't educated yourself and know that you are literally playing a digital slot machine all day long without realizing it, 
and the house always wins. So you're playing digital slot machines on social media, not realizing that every time you pull down with your thumb, they have gotten a slot machine small enough to hold in your hand and keep you captive while everything falls down around you and you miss your whole purpose entirely. And then there's the other thing I was just going to say, because I'm on a rant right now. Can I just do like a holy rant? If I call it holy, if I call it a holy rant, is it preaching? <laughs> but the, the reason why we're doing this be present, and I'm preaching to myself this whole month, let's be honest. I will not break my phone in front of you or anything, you know, sensational or crazy. But because it's not about technology, it's about you. And see, in Jesus' time, they were always looking for what sin. Let's label something sin, sin, sin. And then Jesus messed their whole program up and said, it's actually what comes out of a man that makes him evil. And they're like, oh, it was so much easier when we could just break all of our iPhones. And, and you know, the, there's, now this is something else I was thinking because every week, as a Christian, as a man of God, as a pastor, I come in here to steward your lives and to teach you what it means to take your next steps, to get free, and to go to the next level. And I feel, because I'm a reasonable human being, that I'm asking you to do absolutely crazy things. And I know that because there's that side of me that was an atheist at one point, and there's a side of me that wasn't always in this thing. And so I'm like, okay, we're telling a whole bunch of people to raise their hands, right? We're telling a whole bunch of people to close their eyes. We're telling a whole bunch of people to do all these things. But then I, but then I got a revelation and I was on the subway the other day and when I looked out at this entirely packed subway car train in Brooklyn this is what I saw every single person was like this 100% of them 100% of them was like this then I had this revelation wait a second wait a second church is weird right but if I remove if they kept this same posture like this with their head down and their hand open like this they are three-fourths of their way through a worship experience you know what I'm saying like bow your heads in church oh no I ain't bowing my head I'm looking around this fool at that stage ain't making me do nothing but then you bow your head willingly all day long and you have your hand extended open and God's trying to get you something but it's already full and so what God wants you to hear today is be present. Can someone say be present? I've gotten so many confirmations of this word. And, and I think the easy fix would be like, yeah, just fast from our phone or whatever. But the reality is you've got to get it right in here and you've got to understand what God's trying to do. And, and here's the thing about John chapter 1 that just infiltrates my mind every time. Is it says the word was first, the word present to God, the word present to God. I mean, it's like what that means is that there is this relationship between the word of God causing everything that you've ever seen to come into materialistic world. And, and, and all of a sudden there was this relationship where they were present with each other. And then God said, well, we have this creation now and it's not enough for me to be distant. I must be there. And every single week I'm telling you, I counsel men, closed door settings, that tell me, you know, I don't have your story, Pastor Mike, of an absent father physically, but I don't know what's worse because I had a dad that was in the other room who never paid me any mind, never paid me attention. You know, how much does attention hold value in our culture if we use the phrase, pay me attention? It's a currency. And I'll tell you what, what I'm learning as a pastor is the most valuable thing that you can actually give somebody is your attention. And wherever you see a perversion, there is also an original purpose. 
And so there's this perversion of your attention. And I guess let me just give you the revelation right now that, that this whole be present thing, you're never not present. It's just you have to choose where you are. See, you might not be in this room right now. Your mind might be somewhere else, but it's not that you're not present. It's just you're not present here. And, and actually, you, maybe it's because of all these other factors, but some of them, the ones concerning hurt, is this something that God wants to heal? You know, I was thinking to myself as I was getting ready to preach this message, I was thinking like, what could be the original intention behind escape? If I'm trying to tell people that wherever there's a perversion, there's a purpose, and they feel like they're escaping in their mind, where's the revelation for that? And you know what I think it is? As a leader, I do that every single week. I could be sitting in our new headquarters that we've just finished, and there is actually in it, oh yeah, anyone excited about that? I'm thinking we're going to baptize some people there real soon, babe. And we've had so many people working around the clock, but I can be there and we just finished the paint, put the logo up and I escape now to another location because as a leader, it's my job to get up ahead and to see vision and to continue to go forward, right? So there is this original intention even behind escape, but escaping to cast vision, to chase God where he's going next because we don't build monuments. This is a movement, okay? is is something that God gave me the ability to do, but perverted escape will keep me playing the digital slot machines on my phone, looking at every other woman but my wife, hello, missing the fact that the goodness, that the good old days, that the things that I've longed for in my heart for years are actually in the same room as me. And none of you guys are gonna miss that. You know, I, I, I dare you this week, this is my challenge to every single one of you, and I, I mean, I want to see it on Facebook or something. If you're at least going to still use your phone after this, you got to use it for God a little bit. I dare you to live like you're not alone. I dare you to live like you're not alone. I think what you see at V1 Church is a church that, that lives like we're not alone. And we don't do it on our own. And I've seen people cash in entire lifetimes with a purpose here in this space because they're like, doing it on my own, impossible. But doing it with all these crew, these crazy people, impossible becomes possible. And you know, I want to read something to you. This is another translation I have. It's Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. It says this, the Lord is close. Everyone say close. You hear that word? The Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking, I-N-G, currently going through the process of breaking. It's like some of you during that song, I don't know if I heard chains breaking or my heart still breaking from the relationship I came out of. I I don't know which one I heard, but the Bible says that the Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking. Not the ones who are perfect, not the ones who are holy, not the ones who follow all the rules, but those whose hearts are breaking. He rescues those who humbly say, I'm sorry for their sins. If you're here in this room, I guess the thing I want you to get out of this message more than anything else is that God is no longer distant. If you've got a broken heart, in fact, he's here with you right now. You know, I I have encountered many tragedies in my life and I've tried my best to allow God to turn them around, to use them uh, for his glory, to use them to break you through to the next level. And I've been extremely personal and autobiographical every Sunday as I've shared and narrated my life and given you all the things that I've been through so that maybe you didn't have to repeat the failure. This story I'm about to tell is not my own story, but it hit home. There was this woman and, uh, you know, she was pregnant for the very first time. And if you've ever been pregnant, 
If you've ever encountered, um, you know, the birth of a child in your family, you would know that there's a lot of expectations. And, and you know, the expectations, your mind sort of conjures up an entire lifetime worth of fantasies, like what it's going to be like, what's going to happen. And when she got the news that she was pregnant, you know, her mind, just like many women, begin to go to that place of, is it a boy or a girl? You know, what's their life going to be like? It's going to look like me. Or, and, and, you know, you kind of build up the expectation. And then you look at whatever square footage you have in your home. And you start letting the baby take over every inch of it before they even get here, you know. And it was actually during the pregnancy that she discovered there was a possibility of the child having Down syndrome. And sure enough, as that baby was born, the baby was born with Down syndrome. And, and she said something which I, I've always regarded as one of the greatest lines of poetry that I've heard in the 21st century vernacular of English language. She said that, and it just hit me, beauty too loud at first is fireworks. And, and I was, I've meditated on that line for years now since I've heard this story because see there was beauty in the birth of her child with Down syndrome, but, but beauty too loud at first is just fireworks. And when a firework goes off, it, it's sometimes so explosive and so powerful that all it can do is scare you in that moment. All, all it can do is rock you. All it can do is make you jump back. And, and then if you can actually gather yourself after that initial impact of the sound and take a step back and get the right perspective, you can see that it is a firework and all of its beauty on display. And see, there are some things that have happened in my life that have been so loud at first, I couldn't see any beauty in them at all. There are things that I got hit with news. I'll never forget my mom calling me. Did you hear your dad died of Huntington's disease? I didn't, that was not a display of beauty in that moment. And I shook like a leaf all night long when I heard, thinking about what could happen to me, what could happen to my daughters. And, and, and you know, there have been just different times in my life where I can think back to when, and see, here's the thing, fundamentally in the sovereignty of God, if you're a believer, you believe that even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of the things that don't make sense to us, there's still some beauty to be found in that place. But what happens is, Fear is when we choose to leave that moment and go to a fantasy of what could be or would be. And so as you vacate that position and you go to another location, you actually change your perspective and no longer are you able to see the firework on display and the beauty that's actually in the midst of that explosion. You, are, you have to surrender to this other perspective. If you're here right now, I don't know what the firework is in your life. I don't know what the thing that went off that was so loud that when it hits your ears, all you could do is shake like a leaf. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can't even celebrate Christmas because on one December, all of a sudden some firework news hits your ear and scared you so bad you've never been able to enjoy it again even though you're in your perfect health. I don't know what it is, but I know that I hear some chains falling today. Come on. I said, I know that somebody can be free. And if I'm still alive, it's for no other reason to prove to you it's possible because I'm living in that reality, going through layers of freedom. And we get that foot lamp forward, but we get that floodlight backward and we can say, that thing that scared me so bad, look at it still on display. There's beauty in this thing. There's beauty in this thing. Would you stand to your feet with me?
to every perversion, there's a purpose. No, God didn't do it. God didn't do it to you, but he can turn it around for your good. There's enough there that can turn into a lesson that can actually catapult you into your destiny. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? To close this service down, I want to make a moment with you right now. Would you just bow your head without your cell phone? Come on, you've done weirder things. When Star Wars comes out in a couple of weeks, you'll pay money to see something weird. It's time to let God do something outside of your own understanding because your brain is finite, but he is the infinite. And in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word is here right now through the Holy Spirit. And that same word that spoke light out of darkness is going to speak something creatively into your life. And see, the whole time I was talking, as your eyes are closed right now, you were thinking, this guy doesn't know what he, he's talking about. Because in your mind, how could something come from nothing? But see, the very word of God in John chapter 1 is a creative word. It's a word that forms something out of nothing. There was no sanity in my mind. And then when he speaks his word, sanity he begins to materialize this is why when you look at the book of Acts and the early church getting started there was miracles happening in their midst there's miracles happening in this room right now come on come on let's change the atmosphere here come on let's stir it up right now be present Holy Spirit be present Holy Spirit be present Holy Spirit see some of you the reason why you've even enjoyed this church experience so much every Sunday is because you put the digital slot machine down and you actually got into the moment and you stood in the same place at the same time for the first time in your week and you need that recalibration right now with your eyes closed is there anyone here who says I've separated myself from God. I felt him pursuing me, but right now I need to make that decision to let him embrace me again and fall into the arms of grace, not by anything I can earn, but just to receive it. Is there anyone here with no one looking around who would just wave their hand and just say, that's me. I'm gonna make a commitment right now. Awesome. Come on, you can put your hands down. Now this is a second call that I'm gonna do right now. And, and again, I'm just trying to create some privacy for those who are dealing with tragedies from the past and different things. But is there anyone here who, when I begin to communicate about that firework going off, you know, it was yours, you, there was a story from your past that suddenly began a resounding gong in your ear and you realize like, man, I've had that fire and I don't see any, it looks like dynamite. It doesn't look like a firework. It was so destructive. I don't know how there could ever be beauty in it, preacher man, but you're gonna raise your hand and say, God, show me the beauty. Is there anyone here who would just raise their hand and say, God, I'm willing to let you show me the beauty. Come on. Come on, you just put your hands down. God's doing something. Every week, I give you guys the opportunity to borrow my words so you don't have to worry about what the right thing is to say. But one thing you do have to do is, is combine your heart and the intentions of your being to these words. Otherwise, they're just useless. There are no magic words, but when you align your heart with these words, all of a sudden heaven begins to respond and begins to do the impossible in your life. So would you give me the privilege and the opportunity to just pray with you right now? I want you guys to just 
say these words with me can you just say heavenly father i thank you that even the fireworks the news that terrified me could have some beauty in it and right now i allow you to reveal to me what can be done with this mess make it my message i turn my life over to you take charge have your way i receive your son jesus to wash me clean to make me new restored to you and right now break every chain break every chain break every chain break every chain jesus name Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.